0: CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more
1: about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTRLive, and look for this show as hashtag Leadership. Today's topic is Back to Basics, Leading Like a Kid. And our guests for today's show are Bob uh, Baskerville, who's the CIO of uh, Scripps Network Interactive. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing?
2: Very good, Sanjog. How are you?
1: Very good, very good. Glad to have you. And we have Kathy Edwards, who is the Senior Lecturer in the Department of Management at the University of Texas. And she's also a co-author of Consulting in Uncertainty, Uh, The Power of Inquiry. Uh, So how are you doing, Kathy? Good morning. Good. Good. Awesome. So uh, for this morning's show, we actually had an idea. Uh, What if your young son or daughter came into the office and asked what you did at work and how everything worked? Would you have all the answers? Would you be stumped? We wanted to explore thinking like a kid as an application to leadership and figure out what attributes of a youngster might we apply that that would basically make us rethink our process and give us some pure insight and feedback we wouldn't have reached otherwise. And we wanted to start that by somewhat putting uh, our practitioner, Bob, here uh, on the spot with some rapid-fire questions, simulating some of the questions that a little boy or a girl might ask to these big, grown-up, experienced CIOs if they, of course, were to come to their office. So let's start with you, Bob, here. So what do you do here if someone comes to you?
2: Well, first of all, the one thing I have to say is... Um I I feel like many days um this hits home because I do have you know a staff of 200 250- and 20 some odd people and so many times it does feel like some kids and I, I have some wonderfully smart people and very hardworking people but they come in with some of these kind of questions particularly for me because I'm newer to the CIO role here at Scripps as well I'm uh, replacing someone who's been here for, for 10 years and retired um, I am uh, relatively new to the seat so I do get the question of uh, what do you do and what am I going to do so, so Sancho, to answer your question what do I do I am a uh, responsible for um, having the the oversight and vision uh for the enterprise wide um Technology aspirations that we are going to continue to have as the, at this company, and we have a number of different businesses that we're trying to build to generate a cumulative revenue stream that's, uh, you know, going to keep building shareholder value. Um, and so, that's uh, that's my task, which um, is, you know, a little bit daunting. It's very, very wide ranging, and uh, there's a there's a lot to absorb there. But uh, that's what I do.
1: So, great that you gave us a response. Now, imagine this response was given to a four-year-old. Would they grasp it? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So, if you were to simplify and you had to explain to someone in a very fundamental way, what do you do? What would that response be?
2: Um, I help people solve problems.
1: Why do you do it?
2: Um, because that's what I, I feel that um, I'm good at, and my group is good at. We uh, we 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 have fun solving solving problems and creating solutions.
1: And who do you do it for?
2: Many many people, um, people who are bosses, people who are um, in, you know that just come to work every day and do their functional jobs. Um, but it's, again, a wide-ranging group, a lot of people. How does it help? How does it help? We believe that, uh, I believe, that um, it uh, it helps people be better at what they do in their job for the company. Now,
1: I see you at on your computer all the time at home. Do you do the same here, too?
2: Um, yes, fair amount.
1: Alright, great. Thank you. It was, you, you passed with stellar success, Bob, <laughs> uh, on this rapid fire. Now, Kathy, coming to you, the way we try to do this, and of course, you know, person at, at the level of experience and expertise that Bob has, the natural tendency would be, of course, as a leader, yourself to talk about things which is assuming a certain, uh, understanding of how the business works, et cetera. But do you, where do you think that, uh, undermines what truly a potential could have been when you were to ask certain things in a very simple and as if you were talking to a kid.
3: I think it's a wonderful analogy to make and because children do come with a basic curiosity, uh, they come with an openness and honesty that uh, we could all benefit in the workplace and uh, what I do is help people learn to be consultants. And a consultant is essentially someone who's trying to help you uh, when you don't have the ultimate responsibility for a decision. So that ability to come in as an outsider a lot of times is very helpful to people uh, because you can see things other people uh, don't see. And I think uh, looking at it through the eyes of a child is a great way to think about that.
1: And, Kathy, when you say that it's a great way to think about, and, and uh, on the other hand you said that somebody has to think like a consultant, when you think like a consultant, do you think they also come with a little bit of, uh, of not exactly prejudice, but learning or experience, and they try to apply it versus taking a totally fresh pair of eyes, absolutely. pure eyes?
3: Yes, absolutely. The uh, typical stereotype of consulting is that it's, um You're an advice giver. And I think that's what uh, Dr. Brooks and I are trying to say in our book, is that instead of thinking as the expert and the one who knows it all, to let go of that and instead become the inquirer and actually ask a lot more questions than you give answers. Um, We live in a world that is so chaotic and is constantly changing, and there's so much uncertainty that we really can no longer exist with existing knowledge. We're going to have to create new knowledge, and uh, both as organizations and as consultants helping organizations. So that question becomes, how do you help people create new knowledge?
1: Bob, when you know, of course, based on what Albert Einstein said, that if you cannot explain something in the simplest manner that you yourself don't get it properly, do you think that is what we are facing in our organizations today where people would throw a lot of three- and four-letter acronyms and they would use those heavy words, but that doesn't really explain the fundamentals of why they, do they exist, what are they doing, and how is that creating value in the simplest possible manner?
2: Bob? Yes, yes. I, I actually think that um you're you're dead on with that assessment. I um and I can say that from experience because um uh my background is unique. Uh coming in as a CIO I've um I've been with uh with Scripps Networks Interactive now for nearly twenty years and um I've sat at many seats, um, various seats at the table, if you will, in terms of um, I've run P and Ls, I've um, you know, been uh my 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 roots are in operations and technology, but then I spent some time running actual businesses for the company as well and led them to success and Part of the reason that um, um I was appointed in this this role as c i o um, was to help hopefully simplify and demystify some of the things that uh, you just alluded to. Uh, for myself too, you know, I come in and I, I, you know, first thing I get hit with are a lot of the the acronyms and uh, the the terms that are are very much commonplace um, in in the industry, um, but are still new to me. And what I'm trying to look at is how do we take technology and make sure that we're aligning it properly with our various businesses in the company and how are we going to continue to add value because all we ever hear, and I know this for a fact from having sat on the other side of the table, is there is, let's not kid ourselves, I mean, I think there's a stigma that accompanies IT in in many, many organizations, just by the very nature of association there. and so for me, what I'm trying to do is build value with what we do, but also in some way, shape or form, um, create a better level of simplification um, for what our customers' understanding is um, in terms of what we bring to the table, uh, if that makes sense. I, I, I think it's kind of spot on with the topic you were you were talking about today, Sandra.
1: So, Bob, when you do have people come to you and you mentioned that some of people are like kids or, or there are some questions asked, and maybe the the prevailing norm is that there is you should not be asking a dumb question, but there is actually no dumb question. If you were to ask a simple question, that means there is a fundal, fundamental issue in terms of their understanding that's why they're asking it, and that should be seen as an opportunity versus somebody being looked in a condescending manner and and form wrong impressions about them. But why do you think that culture persists in most organizations today when we are seeing the value of of that fundamental understanding and the value of how they would be able to work based on the clarity that they will have otherwise?
2: Um, I think well I look I, I think it, it starts with me it's funny you you made that mention about there's no there's no dumb questions because I, I I preach that regularly in my in my early days in this role one of the things I've told people is um, I have my eyes wide open that it often uh, particularly when it comes to technology I'm gonna probably be the dumbest guy in the room sometimes and uh, and I, I fully expect that so I tell them I was like just expect you might hear questions from me where it might might appear to be a head-scratcher for you as to why I'm asking it, but I think you have to have that open level of communication and um, really make sure that people understand that you're not going to be – I've always said that. I'm not going to be that person that's going to just go through the motions and act like I know what this means because that's going to come back and haunt me later when I'm trying to, as you just said, Uh, maybe explain it and try to simplify it for the kids or, or whoever would be coming in and asking those questions because there's going to be people on this team looking to me for those answers over time as well. And so for me, I need to continue to learn and continue to absorb. And, um, that's, to me, that's exhibiting proper leadership anyway is just uh, admitting that you don't know what you don't know, but you're also, you know, you're presumably in that role to be a, a, because you're a quick study and you're going to be able to apply all of that to what what you're, what you're building for your next generation of, uh, in this case, an IT organization.
1: Kathy, do you think there is an element of fear and uncertainty and doubt that exists in the workplace, which makes people not to reveal that they have a desire and, and a need for understanding things fundamentally, and that's why we might invite a very high-profile consulting firm, a strategy consulting firm, who would come and ask the same questions and then we will give them the answers and also loads of money to give you a strategy by finding out what uh, what is needed by us versus us trying to take those people who work with us and have them provide us ask us those questions and maybe provide us those insights
3: yes i i think the The best consulting work is where you do come in and you ask people what is the desired outcome you're trying to achieve, and then once it's clear what the outcome is, is then bringing people together and saying, okay, who has knowledge, who knows something about this, and bringing those people together to um, begin to work on and towards that outcome. And in terms of the questions, I think lots of times we don't ask questions because especially like Bob in a new role, we don't want to um, seem to not know. You know, we uh, we fear uh, being um, called out for not knowing what's going on, not being the expert. And yet by trying to be the expert and giving advice all the time, we don't leave room for uh, the questions and for the inquiry that really could help us learn our way out of that
1: situation. So, Kathy, your response has a very basic premise that you come and ask the question, what do you want to get or where do you want to get and what's that goal? But do you think that goal or the... the whole conversation or the way of questioning is dependent on what we want. But sometimes we don't know what we want, and that's where the fundamental questions that are to be asked should be more of an exploratory. Otherwise, it will even lead what questions we ask, and that leaves a lot on the table. Do you think that's where people might be missing the boat?
3: Oh, that's great insight um, that's really a good point and and yes i think that is definitely one of the places where we go astray
1: so bob if you were to take the same uh area and then you're talking to your executives and you're also talking to your team should you always go in and say what do you want us to do instead go on a crusade and have everybody in your team come along with you and do this fundamental thinking and let some insights come out of it, which in turn will give them sometimes more than what they have even asked for.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would think that that's um, – I, I think that's tr- how I do try to approach things. You know, it's, it's very interesting. I'll give you a great example it's timely. Um so we came back after the holidays into the new calendar year and one of the things I felt that was going to be critical for me um I had I had been in the role for a little while but it was also in a transition period where my predecessor was um still here and we were you know I was doing a lot of uh onboarding and uh certainly he was um you know giving me as much information as possible it was a it was a very good transition but at the same time I was being uh I guess deferential and uh, respectful of the fact that this person had led this team for over 10 years and had done really quite a good job was um just retiring to go uh enjoy the rest of his life which uh I I'm envious of and so I but again try to be very respectful of that but kind of holding back on how I'm going to start to put my stamp on the organization. So fast forward to we get through the holidays. It is now my uh, show, my operation. And so what I felt was going to be important was to get some communication out to the entire workforce on what's on my mind as we start to enter a new calendar year. I did that. Um, I, I put a letter out because I as ideally I would have liked to have met in person with the group, but when you come back from a new year, you have a staff of over two hundred and twenty some odd people, as I mentioned earlier it 's going to be tough to synchronize calendars, multiple locations, getting everybody together. So I felt the best way to move forward would be to give them some sort of um, you know written communication, which I did, and it was very broad strokes on some of my thinking, but I told them, I said, Look, this is only as good as what you know we come back with in terms of more fine-tuned or defined direction on these objectives, and you can look for that soon. You know, probably in the next four to six weeks. Well, here we are. If we fast forward again, we're about six weeks past that time. And I was just meeting yesterday with my uh, my direct reports, my senior leadership, um, because I have the roadmap that I'm working on in terms of what are going to be the the, the more focused uh, objectives and hopefully potential or desired outcomes. From what we're going to focus on in 2014 and beyond, really, you know, I mean, because it's when you're talking about things like enhanced cloud services, for example, that just doesn't happen overnight. That's going to be over a horizon of uh, multiple years. But what I did was I put together my first draft of this, but I shared it with my senior management team because I feel that it's important for them to have some weigh in on this and buy in on what we're uh, what we're trying to do. And it was a great exercise because they came back with uh, with specific points of view and at some point I'm going to have to just take it and run with it because you can overanalyze things but for sure it informed some of my thinking to get their points of view on this it was additive to the process for sure and I think that the document that we'll put out next which is more of a fine-tuned version of what I started up as a you know opening a year opener type of memo um, I think people are going to have something that they can put on their bulletin board and it can be their north star it can be what they follow uh, throughout the year and I I think that that's really important, and that happened as a team. that just didn't come down directly from me. I built some of the the architecture for it, but um I think it's really important the moral to this is to pull in your uh some of certainly some of your senior leadership, the people that are closest to you in the day to day operation and vision of your your organization um because it gives them better level of investment plus it's just a better end product uh, you know when it's all said and done.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back, and then Kathy, how about exploring how do we develop being pure uh, and inquisitive, but in a pure manner, which is not basing your your curiosity and inquisitiveness on something that has to be achieved. So that's what we would like to explore. So listeners, please stay tuned. We'll be right back.
4: The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google lead the charge portal.
0: If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Joke All.
1: Welcome back. So, uh, Kathy, basically what we were talking about is the purity of... Of uh, intent, which is to purely understand what exactly is that somebody does in a given environment, and what how do they contribute, and how does that help? That inquisitiveness seems to be missing because we are always uh, going out and trying to achieve the next goal, or uh, you know get something done which was asked from us. How do you bring back the child? in a business environment without, of course, jeopardizing what business stands for?
3: Wow, that is such a great question. And I think just asking ourselves the question you just asked is, uh, you know, how can we bring the eyes of a child to what we're trying to do? Um, I think one of the ways we do it is we create a a culture of questioning that everybody from – the top of the organization uh, all the way through um, makes questioning a, a part of what we do and an accepted part of what we do. A lot of times when we get asked questions, it's like we feel we have to defend ourselves, you know, and that if the purpose of the question is not so much to get us or to make us wrong, but to truly explore, and to deepen our understanding. Um, I think that that's one of the places it starts. We certainly don't get defensive when children ask us questions usually. You know, they ask a million why questions. Um, why can't we ask ourselves those same questions?
1: So, Bob, what is that comes to your mind, and especially let's go back to a couple of questions that I asked as a rapid fire, where you were successful, but what? how did it Kind of rattle you a little bit from within to say, okay, I'm used to answering that in a very professional manner, but talking to a kid, I have to do something different. What what did
2: it do to you? Um, I'd say, it, well, it challenged me. I mean, you know, when I gave you my first uh, it, when I gave you my first answer, Sanjog, you know, I mean, I, um, I I spend a lot of my time talking to. <laughs> To adult workforces, investor bases, all sorts of various people. And, um, you know, my first inclination, even preparing to answer the question, was to be in, you know, some level of, um, of corporate speak. I mean, there was substance there, but, you know, it's, it's always about how you fashion the answer. Where, as, where in fact, the, the point is, you said it, you were like, well, what if it's a four year old kid? Well, then, boy, it gets really, it has to really get, um, you know, quote unquote dumbed down, but, um, but it's what, I, what the takeaway is that's really important here is there are people that are going to be coming to you with less working knowledge of what the, the vision of the organization is and also what the company's goals are and how are you going to explain that to them in a way that they can invest their efforts into it properly and really feel like they're a part of it rather than just working towards Um, you know, some higher-ups, incentives, you know, financial incentive goals that, you know, people that they don't even get to meet or know. So how do you get people to, you know, how do you get a workforce um, to make sure that they they stay fully invested in what you're pursuing and what you're trying to achieve um, and believe that they really, really, really have impact on the outcome? And that's, you know, that can mean great things for them and their company
1: so with you being at the top what kind of uh, expectations or grooming is supposed to be provided or perhaps you are already providing so that the questions that i asked you and you you were you felt challenged they themselves are getting used to getting challenged that way and that's where each person in your team could be asking each other those fundamental questions to bring out the simplicity in what you are there for, and that could result in some insights and some improvements which may not happen even when you got a if you were to get a top consulting or a strategy consulting from him.
2: yeah you know i think I think that 's a work in progress for us we we've talked i 've talked regularly with our human resources department we have a great h r department here that um, definitely tries to focus on um, Uh, opportunities that I guess you would call them enrichment or, you um, you know, ability to have extended learning in what they're doing with their jobs and what goes on beyond their jobs. This would fall into that category, but we're just scratching the surface on it, to be honest with you, because I, again... One of the reasons I was brought into this role was um, my diverse background in running various levels of businesses, whether it's profit centers or service centers, whatever you want to call them, um, and trying to um, tap into all the relationships I've built with the various business leaders in our corporation, as well as also, um, as I mentioned earlier, trying to help simplify um, the the rubric that is is IT for some you know there's many many people who understand what it's about but um but we have to start Working in the mindset of um, making it more simplified for the layperson and and because we have many of those, we have a lot of professionals obviously in our company, but that people that may not be as well versed in technology and what it can do for them, what I want to make sure happens is we 're trying to recondition people 's perceptions that i t is not just the group that fixes your computers they 're the ones who can you know provide business intelligence they 're the ones who can you know support you in content delivery or asset management or all these other things, you know, as we're deploying our international business and growing our global footprint, we can play a huge role in that from a project and program management perspective. That said, those are great attributes that we bring to the table, but we have to make sure that we're doing this and educating people in a way that they can understand it and it doesn't just make their eyes glaze over when they hear about what we do. And that has to start from within and how we're communicating as a team, too, and how others in the workforce May be able to work in the mindset and understand that it's going to be more about um, being effective, but also simplifying the message a little bit and what what our again what our core competencies really are.
1: Kathy, when you look at an organization and their intention to, of course, de- deliver some goods and services and then in turn make a healthy profit—that's why they exist. What's the mindset? Do they want primarily people who really know? how to do something well or there is an equal emphasis on why something is being done the way it is so that there is an ongoing improvement and and uh, evolution what 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 do what are companies hiring for today and and why is that why part not given importance
3: goodness i wish i could ask that uh, answer that it's um I think that we continue to hire people and promote people for what they know, um, but it's actually, you know, what, how you can bring other people along that will um, move you in an organization. And I think CIOs are in a perfect position uh, to be consultants. What what Bob just described of working with um, the different business units is where you are trying to help people, help them reach goals, you're trying to see the big picture and be as supportive of them in whatever way you can. So Bob's role is constantly, he's not making every decision. In fact, he doesn't, you know, ever probably with most of those business units have the final decision, but he can certainly, uh, he and his people can be the catalyst for, questions and understanding and bringing people together who um, need to be talking to each other and need to be asking questions of each other.
1: So, uh, Bob, do you think we are not offering enough time to our people or the breathing room so that they could actually take the time to ask themselves why and also ask people around them why for them to build that fundamental thinking? Is that the workload and work variety
2: issue? Um I don't I don't think so. I mean, I I would have to probably dig a little deeper on that, but I I would say no. I I mean, I think Again, what I'm trying to do is as as we evolve as a as an organization too you know we're we're trying to in the past what what has happened with our i t group is we've kind of taken on all comers and what I mean by that is you know people had needs to be addressed or or serviced or facilitated from our end, so we did it no questions asked what happens there is um you know somebody's paying for that through operating expense you know just it just stands to reason. And we as a company, we have a very successful company, but, you know, of course, we're always going to be paying attention to, um, you know, the, the best level of fiscal austerity that we can bring to the table. It's going to be really important to us. And so one of the things we as a company are looking at is, you know, Paying attention to the things that maybe we should not be doing anymore, and because and, that's tough. Sometimes you get into a cycle of just being good, um, a good service organization, and that means you say yes to everything. That has also um, material impact on your on your workload for your team. And we have a big team, as I mentioned already. We we aren't necessarily looking to make it larger because it could get unwieldy. You know, the bigger it gets. So, what we're trying to do is, again, step back and maybe focus a little more on some of the initiatives that are going to be truly aligned to increasing productivity for our workforce or uh, aligned with um, key streams of revenue generation that are still either new or totally untapped at the moment. and. Um, when you put it through that filter and start looking at some of the other projects that we're going to prioritize as lower down the food chain we may not be doing as many things but that's that's the desired outcome I would have and what that would mean is hopefully it's giving people to, uh, a chance to have a more thoughtful approach to what they are assigned to doing rather than just racing and plugging holes and doing sometimes just what gets you through the moment which is um, what can tend to happen when you take on too much and that would uh, definitely fly in the face of um, and create, you know, distractions. If you're trying to again build a mindset of just a more clear path um, for success and more simplification along the way.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, Bob, if we were to take this as an exercise where instead of you as a top person who is expected to know a whole lot more than the rest of the crew about vision and and what needs to get done, et cetera, and instead of that type of uh, meeting, all-hands meeting called – Maybe a meeting is called where you don't, you know the least and let other people explain to you and let that become the norm. And that could give the idea about how much do other people know because what you are telling them perhaps might be interpreted differently. But when they explain it back to you, that could give a totally different sets of insights on what people think they know, and that creates an overall validation of where we are going with everything that we are doing. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore if this is a possibility and if this can be ingrained in our culture. Please stay
0: tuned. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud.
4: The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google lead the charge portal.
0: Welcome back. So, Bob,
1: what would be the possibility of creating uh, an environment where you know the least and you are being informed and educated and enlightened by the people who work with you or for you on a regular basis, and in that process, everyone benefits and creates that kid-like uh, approach that we have been talking all along during the show?
2: Well, at first blush, I love it, and and, and frankly, it, it – Links up uh, quite nicely with um, a format of a meeting that i'm i 'm looking to do uh, with our team we 're actually planning on one uh, coming up in April uh, just so in less than two months um, so one of the things I looked at was uh, again when I, I spent time coming into this organization, I've uh, I met with all the all my direct reports, of course, but then met one-on-one with the next level of management below them. So the the reports. To my direct reports, um, and then I went and met, um, sat in on all the staff, the various st- you know sub staff meetings that everybody had to get a chance to get to meet people, learn a little more about what people do, and and just learn more about how an organization, a sub organization within IT runs. The feedback I got pretty much hands down was that there needed to be a better level of communication and um, you know just a better exchange of ideas between the you know the the upper level of the organization and then down further into the ranks where we all know Sanjug the real work is being done and um, so I, I I've taken I've taken taken that to heart I have um, I'm building a format for a meeting where um, we because i th- when they want a better level of communication it's about what's going on within their own group but then they also want to know more about what's going on in their company and again when you have a big group of uh with a, with a couple hundred staffers it's tough to get everybody together so um, in person so what i finally decided to do was put together a format for a meeting um, and again the first one will be in april where uh we put together an agenda um, I will be the, the so speak the MC of the of the meeting, and I would open up and spend maybe the first 15 to 20 minutes. It'd probably be a 90 minute meeting, tops. Because I think anything beyond that, you start to get um, a little bit of sticker shock for your staff. I think there's a big difference between a 90 minute meeting and a two hour meeting. It um, just just from a mental perspective, and an hour probably isn't long enough. So. Um, 15 to 20 minutes from me giving kind of a state of the state on what's going on with the company, how we're pacing in terms of revenue generation, segment profits, um, what are the key initiatives going on with some of our businesses and lifestyle media. Talk about all of those things and talk about that from the very uh, kind of top or above the clouds Perspective, but then we get into the harder working part of the meeting, and that's talking about what's going on in the other areas and I would not necessarily say every single meeting will be updates from each department; it would be more tied to um, the departments given the time the timing of things the departments that um, are in the midst of projects that are really really um, You know, having a bright light shone on them at that moment. Um, and so what I would want is those people will prepare the updates and they would come to me um, and uh, I guess educate me. I don't want it to make it sound like it's a kind of kiss the ring type of scenario either, you know, because I I try very, very hard to be an accessible executive. So I, I want to make sure that they, they understand that they're helping inform me, but I don't want it to be so um, kind of reverential that um, uh, it feels like they're putting on a show for me this is them giving me better knowledge it's giving them a better investment in our process and again an opportunity for them to get exposure with their whole workforce we would have a a good portion of this group together in person and then the rest of the group would be able to link into this um, this meeting from wherever they're at via um, you know a different platform Uh, actually we have a in-house platform called link that's going to be able to provide audio and video connection for this type of meeting so then everybody gets gets a chance to uh, interact um, with this type of process, and also, again, help enlighten me because I'm, you know, I'm their leader, but a lot of my thinking is going to be informed by their good work, their good ideas. And I want them to know that. I want them to understand that because again, I think down the line that creates just better, um, you know, psychic income, if you will, in terms of how your staff feels about what they're doing in their job and that they're not just constantly being directed uh, by somebody who may not fully know what they're doing and what matters to them it's just you know at some point you have to have leadership that runs the show and be accountable for that but at the same time i do think there's value in people having that ability for them to again as you said kind of um manage it from the bottom up and inform me and and our senior leaders too
1: Kathy, uh, if you were to look at all the responses that Bob provided and the examples he provided, what if we? I mean, he has a very—I uh, would not say very complicated, but a sophisticated business in, in media, etc. If you were to take a simple example of every company is like a car wash, where the only thing what they have to do fundamentally is to provide a service which will result in a bright, shiny car when it comes out on the other side of the car wash, and everything else is to be focused on making sure that the the customer drives away in a shiny car, which they feel good about. Mm -hmm. If you were to take that as as, as simplified a version of any business or any operation that you take, and then you wear that kid-like mentality, to what degree... Can is, is is this practical, and how is this being manifested or implemented across multiple organizations, especially the ones who have done it successfully? What is their secret recipe?
3: Well, I think certainly it starts with being able to visualize that car and uh, what you want it to look like, and then bringing, um, being sure everybody shares uh, that vision of the outcome. That you um, want to have in that case, and something that stood out to me that um, Bob, when he was talking about the meeting they're going to have and so forth, was that that importance of communication, and especially when you're trying to make change. What people aren't up on, they're down on, and so being sure that uh, everyone is up to date and has all the information. Uh, that they need, but also that you leave space uh, both to applaud yourself uh, when that car comes off the line uh, and to take time to really appreciate the people and the efforts that got you where you are. I think that's uh, an important part of success. And I think also leaving that space for inquiry of being sure that uh, that meetings aren't just taken up with giving information, but of asking questions of ourselves and and seeing what what haven't we covered here, what's what's missing, you know, what's what's in the way of us uh, getting that car uh, out to the customer.
1: So, okay, taking the same example, Kathy, where does the ball get dropped? Because you may be still coming out with cleaner cars, but there may be experience that a customer is getting, and yes, they want a clean car at the end of the day or, or at the end of that process, but the experience on what happened from the very moment they drove in to when they drive out is also important. So where does that get uh, ball get dropped where the customer will still get a car wash, but they would not be truly loyal, they may not come to the same car wash over and over, and there would not be something remarkable that this business or an uh, operation would do, which will make them tell 20 other people. Where is the ball getting dropped? You ask great questions,
3: by the way. You should be a consultant. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: the. Um Uh, I think many places, and I think we could, you know, that's a a very long discussion, but I think one place is is simply in systemizing things of looking at the whole system, looking at all parts of um, that process and how it gets done, Um, but also being sure that you bring uh, people together. It's equally important. Uh, what people's emotions are about uh, what they're doing, and that you leave opportunities for people to talk about how they're feeling about their work and and how to improve uh, the product, etc. Of being sure that people have opportunities to build relationships with each other that are positive and productive, and that everybody feels part of the process and can feel proud when that
1: car comes out on the other side. Bob, when you're, uh, and we'll take a quick break, listeners, but when we come back, Bob, the experience that we spoke about from a car coming into the car wash and going all the way out on the experience, how can you keep the process in such a way so that people are cheerful? Because that creates innovation, that creates creativity. How do we do that before we uh, uh, get the car out so that there's a good experience? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Thank you.
4: U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google, lead the charge portal.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Joke All.
1: Welcome back. So, Bob, we need to create a cheerful experience while we think like a kid and also think about at the end of the day, we want to give a good experience to that uh, uh, car owner who came for the car wash. How would you accomplish all of these?
2: Okay, um, let me let me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the the car to a different product and and um and well actually it's a pro- it's a platform for us but it will help us in our in our product cuz we are experiencing this on a on a real work life level um and that is um, our evolution to the cloud um because that's we're 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 seeing that from our uh and hearing about it from our customers and we i don't want to make it sound like we aren't active in the cloud today we actually are uh, supporting a lot of key back office functions uh with finance and h r and some other areas but um at the same time um we partner uh extensively with our you know Digital websites, as you can imagine, um, the websites that support our TV networks, Food Network, uh, HGTV, Travel Channel, and others. And um, one of the things that's a, obviously a key attribute for the cloud is is speed to market, and um, that's important these days. Uh, from the standpoint of we have a big organization uh, in the past our traditional ways to facilitate and support our websites have been done um, in a more uh, even though it's digital I kind of use the term linear fashion um, and we have a whole operations uh and uh, and IT staff that supports that way of doing things um, what we have to position ourselves for and i'm i'm using this as a battle cry with my team is that we have to continue to evolve towards cloud services and enhance that belief and enhance the the you know the the results because if we don't i think it you know the issue will be forced for us by someone else and um, we need to just go ahead and embrace it. So again, this will take years to uh for us to achieve to do it the right way because we have a very robust and vibrant v- business running today. It's not necessarily a startup, so we can't just kind of assume that we're going to stop everything and take a break and evolve to the cloud. We have to kind of keep all those things running, keep the revenue flowing, uh all of those things uh, up front. So um so so that's so the so that process is the car wash itself okay as i see it that's so you know evolution to the cloud is the is the car going through the car wash evolution of uh, and then how we're going to support that over a horizon of multiple years and continue to not uh, have it impact what we do in a negative way in our current day-to-day, that's the actual car wash function. How do we keep people cheerful about that? I think what we have to do is, is make sure that they understand that this is a part of our future, but technology is continuing to evolve, whether it's the cloud or whether it's mobile. It doesn't really matter. We have to continue... To be um, kind of a in you know, a in a constant refresh mode for our skill sets, and if you think about that in its purest sense, that's going to be really invigorating or it should be. Um, I think some people worry that it might mean that it's going to create obviation of their role or their job. I think if you flip it and and think that, you know, because nobody's coming in and saying, look, we're trying to get to a better level of automation, so we don't have to do it with as many people. That's, that's well, not, that's the, that's kind not the kind of company we run. But at the same time, we are looking at, we want you to grow with us and in order for you to grow with us though you have to start looking and embracing the opportunity for other roles and functions in an organization now some of those may not be attainable, but if you open your mind to that kind of thinking, I think there's a lot of people who are going to be able to um, kind of evolve their skill set. And I, I think that that's what you talked about, the cheerfulness. I think that that's what can bring a level of um, curiosity and also, again, investment in what they're doing to grow themselves and, in turn, growing our business. I don't know if that kind of ties to your correlation, but I, I thought it, it, for me, it it, it run true.
1: Okay, so if I were to play the kid, and Kathy, join me in this, please. And I will ask Bob, why do you want something to be moved to cloud?
2: Are you asking me or are you asking Kathy? Yes,
1: I'm asking you, but uh, Kathy, the reason I'm asking you to join is think, if if you were to sit outside and saying, if if a leader in an organization has to kind of convince the rest of the people to learn uh, to to wash car a certain way, Is there a disconnect in the rest of the people that they they simply don't get why I should be doing it that way, whereas the car is already getting washed today the way uh, we are doing it currently? So, Kathy, I'm just trying to kind of bring that point up because I want to think like a kid in this situation where uh, Bob is trying to get people to transform their whole infrastructure to cloud, and he has to appeal to the rest of the people, and he has to kind of convince them to some degree in order to move in that direction where he sees from his vantage point that it's going to help. But the act of convincing looks, could be seen as a, by a kid, is that wh- why do you want to change it? Kathy, so what do you think? I, how, I'm sorry,
3: what, so I'm I uh, uh, my connection got caught up off for a moment. Um, so I didn't hear all of that. Would you go back to Bob for just a second?
1: Sure, sure. So so let me just then then wear that role, Bob. So you are saying you wanted to go to cloud and you are appealing to them that they will really benefit from cloud and also the fact that they'll they'll be able to reskill. And if you are appealing to them and if they're not bought on, that of course takes away the cheerfulness and also the fact that you if you're going to appeal to them, that means they are not bought in. So thinking like a kid why why should uh, anyone do anything different when what you're doing is actually working
2: um, that's a good question um, well if, if I was trying to communicate it or um, sell the notion in to someone like they were a kid it would be um, I guess the I guess it would be that there's a, you know, it's almost like we, we have, there's proof that this is going to be a better way. And what I mean by that is it doesn't mean it's universally a better way. Uh, I think there's going to be some areas where, where, you know, we might need to be a little more risk, um, risk minded, uh, or, well, I should say cognizant of risk. And uh, be careful about cloud deployment, but in other areas, um, I would say that it's it's a better way it's a quicker way it's you know so if you think about that car wash again, it's like you can get your car looking fantastic in three minutes versus twenty minutes. you know if you think about it that way, it might be one way to kind of dumb it down, and that's that is um going to create again if you think about what your end result is, the owner of that car is going to be happier because they're getting their car as clean as it always was, but getting it done in a much uh, more uh, efficient and quicker manner.
1: Kathy, you're back? I'm back. Okay, so one last question. I've got just 30 seconds for you. That, Given what Bob explained and what we spoke all this while, do you think there is an absolute approach or, or, a, or like a playbook for someone to convert in an organization where people are thinking like kids and they're all leaders in themselves?
3: Absolutely. I, I think it's one of the um, most simplistic but um, most creative ways I've heard in a long time to th- to think about it of, Questioning our assumptions, questioning our expertise of opening ourselves up uh, to um, questions we might not think of otherwise and of constantly helping each other to question those assumptions. Um, uh, I think as a host, you do that every day very well. And thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity to take a shot at it.
1: Bob, I'll give you just fifteen seconds. Would you tell us three words which should be in our on our top of our mind in order for us to think like a kid and lead like a kid?
2: Oh, simplify Um, and be open minded. That's actually a total of four words, but I I really think you know you, you have to just totally wipe the slate clean. Um, and and keep a really open mind. That's what I'm trying to do as we as we move forward here.
1: All right. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Bob and Kathy, for sharing your thoughts on how we can go back to the basics and lead like a kid. And, uh, uh, Bob, thank you so much again for taking those uh, fundamental questions and, and so graciously responding to them. And, Kathy, for sharing your insight on the subject. Thank you. Well,
2: my pleasure. Thank you, Sanjog. i enjoyed it.
1: Thank you so much again. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless.
0: Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio.